0: Welcome, welcome everybody, it's Cry Sweetie Sweetness Darylin, that's my real name, and we are at Cry Let It All Out, the best podcast for all artists that have passed on and left an insightful legacy. We're doing chapter one of Tupac and Biggie. We're going back to chapter one to finish it up of Tupac and Biggie, The Killing of Tupac Shakur by Kathy Scott. Hope all is well. I love you all. I'm going to do one of my songs. Uh, This is another song I wrote back in the 90s, and it's called Sweet Town. It's a sweet town Listen to the sound Tell me are you down Make you run for higher ground Make you feel biased You don't want no other girl I try it You don't have to lie us With the straight up gift of making You say oh boy While you're feeling the joy And we'll explore You'll come back for more Like Prince will say I truly adore you I know you've been waiting a long time For this rhyme baby I'm inclined Like Red Man I'll blow your mind So let me take your there, baby, I swear that you won't compare it to no other Uh, I'll be your number one lover So would you like to come listen to the drum Are you done deciding, baby, I'm not timing the moment Honey, don't you know it's the sweetness, your weakness Eat this, it's nothing but the flavor that you savor I do hard labor, make you wanna put it on all morning long But you gets gonged don't even try it. You're in sweet town. Bound to catch a cavity. Cause it's the sweet. Don't even try it. You're in sweet town. Bound to catch a cavity. Cause it's the sweet. He's grabbing my thighs, I'm giving him the ride of his life, not being trife like Shannon give me the night to let me feel your sweat, baby, get me wet, I never upset the flow, don't you know, here we go, now I'm wet, sweet like your mouth, chewing juicy fruit, yo, please me, don't tease me, baby, just squeeze the ass, I bet you I'll last. I'm the jockey not being cocky, just saying what they told me, so how can you... You scold me for my tongue, G. This is who I want to be. Me for me. No one else but Sweet D to give it to you all. Oh, better than shopping at the mall. you at my beck and call. Make you say yes, yes, y'all. Don't even try it. You're in Sweet Town bound to catch a cavity. Cause it's the sweet. Don't even try it. You're in Sweet Town bound to catch a cavity. Cause it's the sweet. But first, I'll just speak to you to give you a treat of the vocals from Sweet, right by your ear and neck. Baby, should I let this be your first wish, or should I—I got— taste sweeter than the Twix I'm affixed on you and your charm you got it going on can we go long it's a song you can't hide like De Niro I find you in Cape Fear baby have no fear let me hear the chair, Sweet D damn you got me scared I can't handle it now that's the way I like it now baby just spike it with that extra juice get me loose put me in the mood not trying to be rude but I want to feel it to show me what you can do and then I'll give. Give it back three times as fat. So tell me where you at. Don't even try it. You're in Sweet Town bound to catch a cavity because it's the sweet. Don't even try it. You're in Sweet Town bound to catch a cavity because it's the sweet you won't have to complain baby it's your put in tang the phone just ringing you just ignored it cause you're not for it the interruptions of the instructions and sexual constructions always fussing for some of the sweet and rough stuff baby give it up tell me what's up like a diabetic fit needing some sweet shit honey this is it then kiss your back and say it's all that bring you back to yourself make you feel wealth. I'm not playing listen to what I'm saying it only takes two me and you to go through sweet town don't even try it you're in sweet town bound to catch a cavity because it's the sweet don't even try it you're in sweet town bound to catch a cavity because it's the sweet that's called sweet town I'm hailing from Boston Massachusetts and uh it's the sweet town up here if you didn't know cry let it all out the podcast i'm cry too gonna feature some raps with my name from cry as well coming up soon okay so we stopped uh the first podcast on page eight this is the killing of tupac shakur by kathy scott they saw the black trouble you trying to make a getaway from the gunman. The Cadillac, according to witness, floored in and fled. The driver made a right turn onto Koval Lane and vanished. It happened so fast that by the time the bicycle cops arrived second later, there was no trace of the Cadillac. Drivers who witnessed the shooting stopped and stared dumbfounded. Other cars cut around them, driving over the crime scene and the spent bullets. Horrified pedestrians milled about the sidewalks. At least six cars behind Tupac tried chasing the Cadillac and it sped south on Kova Lane, away from the scene. The rest stayed with Tupac and Suge. Suge panicked. He knew he had to find a doctor for Tupac, and quickly. Tupac looked like he was dying, bleeding to death. Oh, man. Suge was splattered with both Tupac's and his own blood. Tupac's breathing was labored and shallow, but his eyes were open wide, and he was alert. Sugar had a flip Motorola cellular telephone with him, resting on the car's console. But he didn't use it to call 911 for help. With the general pumping and Tupac bleeding heavily as he sat slumped in the front seat, Sugar somehow managed to make a U-turn in the heavy traffic, even though his car now had two flat tires. The bike cops saw about 10 cars pull U-turns and head west on Flamingo at a high rate of speed. Sergeant Greg McCurdy told the Las Vegas Sun, not all the cars stayed with Suge, though. Once they saw they were being followed by the cops, they followed. three followed him all the way to the strip. Both bicycle cops were at the rear of the caravan, pedaling fast behind them tailing suge's bmw which was now headed toward the crowded strip why one officer didn't follow suge while the other stayed at the shooting scene is surprising yeah the officer said it was because they didn't know what had gone down at that point they heard shots being fired no questions about that but they made a split second decision not to stay and secure the scene Mm. They felt it was more important to follow Suge and his entourage. It would prove to be the first of several questionable decisions made early on in the investigation. Yes, the scene of the shooting wasn't secured for maybe 20 minutes while cars and pedestrians trampled over the evidence. No one will ever know how many potential witnesses left the scene when no officers were there to hold them. As Shug made the U-turn, he said to Tupac, "'You need a hospital. I'm going to get you to a hospital right now.'" "'Hurry, Shug, hurry!' "'I need a hospital,' Tupac replied. "'You the one shot in the head? Don't you think you need a hospital?' he started moaning, but managed to utter, "'Gotta keep your eyes open.'" With three cars full of associates still following close behind him, Shug, for some reason, headed back to the Strip. Bike officer Paul Eller continued pedaling as he radioed for backup and medical assistance. Fifty yards up Flamingo, Suge Dot snarled in traffic. He frantically weaved the BMW in and out of the left turn lane and over the medium, then floored it. Shug made it to the strip, hitting a red light. Instead of stopping, though, he screeched through the intersection. His rims caught the center divide- divider as he turned left onto the boulevard, giving the car its third flat tire. Shug then straightened out the steering wheel and drove south down Las Vegas Boulevard. He weaved in and out of the barred, busy traffic for a quarter of a mile, running another red light at Harmon Avenue. There exactly a mile from the shooting scene, Shug Knight's BMW got caught up on the median, then lunged back onto the street and came to a grinding halt in the middle of the busy strip. It now had four flat tires. That's when the strip got really crazy. Sirens from patrol, cruisers, ambulances, a fire department rescue unit, and the highway patrol screamed at every available unit converged on the scene. Cops were yelling at everyone in Tupac's entourage, ordering them to get out of their cars and get their faces on the ground, to lie flat on their stomach with their hands behind their heads. The police held some of the entourage at gunpoint. Even Suge Knight, bleeding from his head wound, was ordered to lie down, lie face down on the pavement until the police figured out what was going on. Blood was everywhere. The BMW's leather seats were soaked with it, and Tupac's cotton shirt was solid crimson. Mm. By the time the paramedics arrived a few minutes later, the cops had things under control. They let the members of Tupac's entourage get up off the street one by one and sit on the curb of the strip sidewalk while they waited for general assignment and homicide detectives to arrive. Tupac was conscious. (sighs) I mean, maybe could have saved him, huh guys? But short of his breath as emergency response teams prepared to rush him and shook to University Medical Center, Las Vegas County Hospital, a few miles away. Tupac was first to go. He was still alert and his eyes open, watching what was going on. He was lifted onto a gurney and put into the ambulance just as paramedics were Closing the back doors to the ambulance, witnesses heard Tupac say quietly, I'm dying, man. I miss you so much, Tupac. Tupac Shakur would succumb to his wounds six days later. Chapter 2, The Aftermath. Let me um, go on because we did Chapter 2. I just got to find where we ended. Oh, yeah, we did Danny Boy. Remember Danny Boy? He was the first one to cry. Okay, here we go. I'm going to start on page 22 of The Killing of Tupac Shakur, Chapter 2, The Aftermath. I'm going to start here. We had them at our back doors. We had them driving by. We had them calling. It got ridiculous, said Ron Foy, who has been the Clark County Coroner for 13 years and was a cop with the North Las Vegas Police Department before that. We had local ministers show up and say, Suge wanted us here. I remember this. Okay, let me go down a little bit. All right, I'm going to go down a, a paragraph. Reporters and photographers waited outside the trauma unit for more than two hours for the hospital spokesman, Dale Pug, to issue an official statement confirming that Tupac had died. One was Kevin Powell, a freelance rap journalism journalist on assignment for Rolling Stone magazine, who befriended Tupac after interviewing him many times over several years. Powell looked sad as he stood by, notebook at his side, silently watching the group of mourners. Powell, a cast member on the MTV series Real World in 1992 and host writer for MTV's documentary Straight from the Hood, described Tupac as his friend and said he didn't think Tupac was going to die. I'm just going to say, America, I think we could have saved him. Powell called him tough, especially after surviving a shooting two years earlier. The Tupac he knew was a fighter. Reporters continued to wait as they're accustomed to do. Doing at crime scenes, hospitals, and courtrooms. Finally, they were told that Dale Pug wouldn't be coming out after all. Apparently, he felt he might be putting himself in danger by walking outside of his hospital to talk to the media. I never had a plan to come down and talk to the news media, Pug said afterwards. Our decision was made. We knew how we were going to handle it if Tupac passed away. Our efforts were to call everyone in the press. Excuse me. We had so many telephone calls concerning it. The media from around the world was calling, besides calls from fans. The hospital was deluged with calls about Tupac. Yay. Our main thing was to inform the local media that he had died and then return telephone calls. That's how we handled it because of the volume. I don't think we've ever in the history of of this hospital held a press conference, nor will we probably ever do that. That's not the way we choose to handle that kind of thing. Many hospitals, especially in California, hold press conferences for high-profile people or events, not in Las Vegas. To have celebrities here is not unusual, Pug said. We've had lots of them. I remember one out-of-state politician who was here, Bob Stupak, a flamboyant casino mogul who was nearly killed in a motorcycle accident in 1995, was here. That's well known. Brent Thurman, the national finals rodeo rider who died, was here. In none of those instances did we hold any sort of press conference. We did individual news interviews. As it turned out, it was a peaceful and somber crowd, mostly mourners, who stood outside the hospital that afternoon and into the evening. No one appeared to be threatening. Cars drove slowly by the hospital as word of Tupac Shakur's death spread on TV, radio, and the internet. Some passengers in the cars threw gang hand signs at the people standing outside, but no one reacted. Tupac's lyrics blared from some of their car stereos. Nice. Tupac's futile six-day battle to survive marked the end of a lifetime rigged with emotional and physical struggles, first on the streets and later on the entertainment scene. His death rocked the gangster rap world to its core. Black leaders called for peace among the rappers, and politicians, including Vice President Al Gore's wife, Tipper, on a visit to Las Vegas denounced the violence and gangster rap lyrics. But that didn't quell the gunfire. The week after Tupac was shot, bullets riddled the gang-infested streets of Los Angeles as drive-by shootings broke out at a record pace. Southern California police noted 12 retaliation shootings, three deadly the following week. Two months later, the lone witness to the shooting, Yafu Fula, was murdered in New Jersey. Ah, uh. <sighs> Six months later, East Coast superstar rapper Biggie Smalls, we love you, Biggie, Under contract to Death Row Records' rival label, Bad Boy Entertainment was shot to death in a drive-by shooting, similar to the one that claimed Tupac in Los Angeles. We must stop the gun violence, right, America? Stop the violence. Meanwhile, Death Row Records' Tupac's label started to unravel. Sugar Knight, CEO of Death Row, jailed two months after the shooting for a parole violation, was sentenced to nine years in prison for his role in the fight at the MGM Grand just hours before Tupac was shot. The FBI and IRS were looking into Death Row's books and associations. Also in the aftermath, the slayings of the two hardest hip-hop stars stirred criticism of the rap world and made record companies uneasy. But the murders didn't hurt sales or deter fans. It was just the opposite. Tupac and Biggie's final albums went to number one on Billboard magazine's record charts. Tupac's last album, Machiavelli, and Biggie Small's album Light After Death to Death Do Us Part both released posthumously broke all-time sales records, generating talk that two rap superstars were more more dead than alive. All the while, Las Vegas Metropolitan Police continued to investigate. Tupac Shakur murders, murder and critics including Tupac's mother, her attorney, and witnesses griped uh, griped about Metro's handling of the case from the first moments following the shooting. Yeah. Okay, chapter 3. This is the killing of Tupac Shakur by Kathy Scott. The scuffle The Mike Tyson-Bruce Seldon match was supposed to begin at 8 o'clock sharp that Saturday night, September 7th, but it started about 15 minutes late. Tyson knocked out Seldon in the first round in less than two minutes. Tupac Shakur, Suge Knight, and their entourage walked out of the fight venue, the MGM Grand Garden, and into the casino. Tupac was spotted leaving the area by freelance video cameraman Cornell Wade, who worked for a Las Vegas-based video services company that filmed celebrities for television shows. That night, Wade was contracted by Black Entertainment Television. The BET reporter he was with had trouble getting out of the crowded arena, and as the cameraman stood outside the exit waiting for her, he saw Tupac walking out of the garden and through the turnstiles. Wade was in the middle of interviewing Louis Gossett Jr. when he spotted Tupac. Unlike Gossett, Tupac wasn't one of the celebrities Wade was assigned to film, but he thought, what the heck, I'll film him anyway. He wrapped up his interview with Gossett and walked a few steps toward Tupac. He said, I'm the Black Entertainment Television. I'm with Black Entertainment Television. Can I ask you about the fight? Sure, no problem, man. Go ahead, Tupac replied, as Suge stood quietly behind him. Wade put a mic in front of him and switched on the camera. What'd you think of tonight's match? Tupac looked straight into the camera lens and said, Did y'all see that? 50 punches. I counted. 50 punches. I knew he was going to take him out. We bad like that come out of prison and now we running shit it was the last interview of Tupac's life later when the reporter learned that Tupac had been at the Tyson fight and had been shot afterward she commented to Wade I wish we have would have gotten video of him I did the cameraman said I got it He handed the tape over to BET, even though he probably could have sold it to the TV tabloids. The short interview aired on a number of local and national TV news programs for several days following the shooting. At 8.45 p.m., as Tupac, Suge, and their friends were walking through the casino on their way to pick up their cars at the valet parking, they ran into Orlando, Orlando Tiv Anderson, from Compton, California, and a fight ensued. Exactly what precipitated the fight is unknown, but there were rumors that Anderson, also known as Little Lando and Land, tried to grab a large gold medallion with the death row records insignia from the neck of one of Tupac's friends. Tupac and the group, in turn, reportedly jumped Anderson. There were also reports that Tupac and Orlando had exchanged heated words earlier in the evening inside the Grand Garden, waiting for the bout to begin. Sorry, waiting for the bout to begin and that they carried the beef outside. Anderson and his friends were said to be sitting in the front row seats reserved for Tupac and Chug when the entourage walked in to watch the fight. Those rumors have not been substantiated. Hotel security guards quickly converged on the altercation with Anderson and broke it up. After the scuffle, Tupac and his crew hurriedly left the scene while an unnamed MGM Grand Security Guard called in in Metro Police, already on the premises to work the fight. The officers talked to the security guards and the victim whose identity they didn't establish. The Metro cops offered to take the man to the MGM Grand Security Office in the basement to fill out a police incident report and sign a complaint, but the man declined. He told them he was okay and that he didn't want to press charges, but because he refused and appeared to be uninjured except for bruises, the officers didn't even write down his name before letting him walk away. Hmm. Now I'm going to take a little break from the book and read a poem I wrote. Well, it's actually a rap song, but raps are poems, America, so I'm going to read this to you before the podcast ends. It's not what you say. It's what you do that makes a statement as remarkable as skies being blue. When the sun sets, take time to think what hasn't been finished. It's time for you to figure out what's most important to you. It's your life. Keep the faith. It can come true. Others may try to sway your ambitions if you let them. It's you who suffers those inhibitions. Listen, I wouldn't tell you anything without a reason. I've made it through the coldest winters and blossomed in the spring and summer seasons. My patience and determination to reach heights some may have thought unachievable to me. It was something I could not control deep inside my heart and soul. I just can't let it go. Tell me, have you ever had the feeling so deep, so powerful, that no matter how hard you try, it just wouldn't let go? An addiction for some, and this for me, it's the same thing. I love to do it. I want to do it. Every day and every way. Amen. Every day and every way, I flow special for the world to discover. Finding unmarked territory inhabited, leaving them with much to remember. Favorite month October. Birth dates of mine and my mother's. My situation is never the worse. I figured I'd been given what he could. What I figured I'd been given what he knew I could endure. Nothing you could do or say has any effect. I feel no pain. Anyway. I mean, I've been numbed. I sometimes show emotion, but most of the time when I do, it wasn't worth all the fussing. If you show too much, it gets taken as a weakness. I find that to be ridiculous. But it's my views that I'm speaking. You don't have to agree with me. I like difference. Your opinion could present new flicks that I've yet to see featured plot storylines we've all got one this is a touch of mine perspective is how the fin- perspective is how the finished first run may appear until someone comes along who you can feel that can initiate other novel ideas cry let it all out by sweetie sweetness, cry herself. Yes, C R Y, cry. I feel it inside. I got emotions that I can't hide. I love to ride in cars. I'm a star. I take it far. I don't play with this. It's just a fix for me and you. Come go through the motions like Jodeci. I am, please notice me, I am, cry, sweetie, sweetness, Miss Black America, and listen to my show on WMFO.org, 91.5 FM, every Saturday, it's called Mint Green, from 7 to 8 p.m., if you live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, I'm hailing from Boston, Massachusetts. Remember, it's Sweet Town. If you live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, check me on CCTV, Channel 9 in Cambridge. And don't forget to check this podcast bi weekly to get all your news about legendary artists that, about, uh, I don't think you could hear me there. Don't forget to check this podcast about legendary artists that have passed on, that have left a remarkable insight. I love you guys. I miss you guys every time I'm not here. Hope you enjoy my raps. Gonna get some beat soon. And this is the end. Cry, let it all out. Sweet D cry.